Welcome to Wide Awake. Whether you're a longtime follower of Christ, new to the faith, or someone who may be skeptical about the claims of Christ, we hope these next few minutes will build you up, encourage you, and help you wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ. I'm Chris Clark, the host for Wide Awake today, and in the studio, we've got Chase Ifland again. Hey, Chase, how you doing? Doing well. How are you, Chris? I'm doing very well. And Audra, you're back. I'm here. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad you're back. Um, And we're missing our friend and lead pastor, Jeff Lawrence, but we're going to have a great conversation today. Um, And so let me me just start with where we're going to go today and frame this conversation. So as a church, we're in a series uh, in the book of Acts called Glad Hearts, Bold Church, and we're really being forced to answer some important questions about how we live out our faith and about what the church looks like. Questions like, uh, do we have glad hearts? You know, are we actually glad in Jesus? Are we actually bold in our faith? Are we bold about the claims of Christ? Um, and if you missed the first couple of episodes this season, we spent more time talking about the title of our sermon series. Um, but more importantly, uh, this this podcast is about following Christ. It's about waking up to deep, meaningful life in Christ. And today we're going to talk about why we named the podcast Wide Awake to Deep, Meaningful Life in Christ. And so that's kind of where we're going. And I thought we'd have a more boots on the ground conversation. Um, We have Audra here and Chase here with us today, and they're both leading ministry. And I say like boots on the ground ministry, meaning this is like outside of our Sunday services. This is throughout the week. Audra leads our women, and she's actually leading some teachings and some um, workshops and things like that for women to connect and grow in their faith in Jesus. And she's also putting together equip classes for just everyday people to grow in the way they're following Christ. And so um, that's boots on the ground ministry that's happening in between Sundays, right? And then Chase is also on the front lines of helping us, uh, helping people connect in our church at a deeper level. And so things like, you know, how do I get involved with a serve team? How do I use my gifts and my talents? Uh, to serve one another, to serve the church, and then helping people connect with smaller groups of those who are trying to seek out following Jesus together in community. And so Chase and Audra, I thought today we'd just have this conversation of like, how are we doing at seeing Christ, waking up to deep, meaningful life in Christ in the day to day? So, um, and the name of our podcast is actually our vision statement as a church. Mm-hmm. Waking up to deep, meaningful life in Christ is something that we want for everyone. We want that for ourselves. We want that for those who are coming in the doors of our church. We want that for those who are uh, meeting throughout the week and having conversations. But the question is, are we really waking up to deep, meaningful life in Christ? Yeah. And yeah. and uh, what do we see that's going on there? What do we see that might be a barrier to waking up to deep, meaningful life in Christ? So. Let's just have that conversation. Um, I'll start with you, Audra, and maybe just ask what you see as you're leading out in women's ministry and equipping ministry. What what kinds of things do you see bubbling up in the hearts of those who are seeking Christ right now? Yeah, it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's interesting. We just had um, we just had a, a Saturday morning where we just had kind of an, an intense teaching time, and um, but we had a lot of talk back and discussion. And um, the passage we were in was in Romans one where. Paul talks about exchanging the truth of God for a lie, and he talks about, um, he kind of fleshes that out where we aren't just seeking the glory of God, which is right before us, but we're kind of looking down and we're, we're settling for this kind of image. 
And I thought of it kind of like, um, it would be like if you saved up a whole lot of money and you've really, really, really wanted to go to, to Europe to the Louvre Museum. And I know for me personally, when I was going there, the thing that I wanted to see the most was the Venus de Milo. It was just this old, beautiful picture. I just couldn't believe that Greeks actually built this before we have all the technology we have today. And so, but it's like you save up for this, you finally get there, you get your ticket, you get in there and you and you find the room where she is and you know she's in the room with you, but all you want to do is look at her shadow. Huh. And and you're looking at her shadow and you're and not only that, not only that, but you're you're okay with that. Like you look at the shadow and that's really just okay with you. When you could look on her right in front of you. And and I thought about this idea of like I feel like a lot of times we just settle for these shadows in our life. Okay, so I'm not super familiar with the Louvre and the exhibit that you're talking about. What do you mean specifically at like looking at the shadow? Is that like a famous part of like No, no, just just the shadow of the actual sculpture. Yeah, so, so instead you- of looking up at the sculpture, you're just looking at the shadow. So it's this like distorted representation of this beautiful, you know, famous sculpture from from I mean like 200 BC or something and um yeah so you've put all this time and energy into seeing her but then you get there and you just are are, you're just fine with just seeing her shadow that's the image I had I'm like picturing myself standing there and like so blown away at this thing and I'm all I've I've only like started looking at how massive this thing is and the shadow it's casting on the ground I haven't even begun to look at the right instead of actually like looking on her and seeing like how did they how could they make this curve Mm -hmm. with the tools they had and how could how did they make you know it's just it's incredible but so I was thinking about just to kind of bring it down to like everyday life how are we looking at how are we just looking at the shadows when the Lord wants to give us the glory the the big thing the truth in front of us and um, so one of the ways I was thinking of would be like um, in our busy schedules. Honestly, like that's one of the hardest things that when you're if you have kids or you have a job or you have a family or you have uh, ministry, ministry um, obligations and responsibilities or some combination of all those things, um, you have a really busy schedule. And and I was really trying to ask myself and then ask our, our women, like, what are the things that we're searching for when we fill up our schedules? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that we're getting a shadow of something. You know, we want our kids to play the sports because we want them to have lots of opportunities. You know, we want to we want to be involved in certain ministries because we want to give ourselves away and we want to um, help others or serve others or help our church. But a lot of times these feels like we're just kind of skimming the surface of what we what that deeper longing is inside of us. Um, in our relationships with others, you know, sometimes we're just we just settle for um, the hey, how are you? Or the you know, let me drop something off at your house, and here's a meal, or here's you know, and 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 they're good. These are good things, but it feels like they can just scratch the surface instead of like really wanting to know someone or really taking the time to be quiet before the Lord, which you can't do if you have a crazy busy schedule. And I even thought about it, and we talked about it in the terms of our worship. So I, I know that we uh, we all agree here that worship isn't just singing on Sunday, right? Like worship is it's a it's a it's a mentality, it's a living sacrifice day in day out. And how when we come together on Sunday, if we've been worshiping with our sacrificial life throughout the week, like Sunday is a celebration. It's just it's so illuminated because you've been doing this throughout the week. But if you just kind of show up and just, you know, to be there because it feels like the right thing to do, you're getting a shadow of what the glory could be in your life that the Lord wants to do and wants to reveal to you. And 
So anyway, those were three of the areas that we kind of talked about, and, and it feels like we're kind of all in the same boat. We're all like, we don't want the busy schedule. And so we're trying to ask that deeper question of what is it I'm searching for, but really just kind of allowing the shadow to be enough. I feel it myself. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to know, Chris, like I know you lead a lot of things with men and are, are in that world. So what have you noticed? Yeah. So we have a group of men that meet on Wednesdays, uh, Wednesday early in the morning, 6 a.m., and what's fascinating about that is we started that group a couple years ago, and I think we started at seven, and like that was a stretch. And then guys were like, "Hey, is there any way you can meet earlier?" We moved it to six thirty, and more guys were like, "We still can't make it unless it's earlier." And so we moved it to six, <laughs> and even more guys came. Is five thirty next? <laughs> maybe. <5:30 laughs> next. But I say that to say like there is a desperation for men to to yeah. meet with other men. Yeah, and. Uh, that might be a, a little intense of a word, but I, I think it's valid. I think the guys that meet on Wednesdays would say that. Like, we're we're desperate for this kind of real, honest conversation with other men about how to live out our faith. So, Audrey, you're mentioning, like, the shadow. It makes me kind of think, like, I think guys are asking the question, like, what goes beyond Sunday? You know, like, I—, I I enjoy the preaching. I enjoy singing together. I enjoy serving. But like, there has to be more to this than just attending on Sunday. Yeah. And so I've I've really seen men uh, grappling with um, like the deep questions of their faith in these groups. So we'll go through like the Psalms, or right now we're going through the Book of John. And it's funny because one of our guys was like, "Hey, hey, once we open up the Book of John, we're going to get into some deep." theological conversations and maybe some differences of where people land on those things. And that's been true. Like, but I think it's been really meaningful for men Hmm. to, in a sense, wake up to the deeper things of Christ in those conversations early in the morning. For some reason for men, that's where it needs to happen early in the morning around some coffee and donuts. And then every time it ends up being like this, real tangible, well, how the heck do I make this work for my family? How do I make this work in my marriage? How do I make this work when I'm raising my kids who are maybe walking away or my kids who are struggling with this, that, or the other? And it's just been a beautiful hour to watch. Um, But I do think that we share a lot of the same barriers that you're mentioning, Audra, like busyness is the number one um, barrier that we see crowding out that deep, meaningful yeah. r- work that we're doing. It's like any given week, we just, something pops up, whether it's like the 60 or 70 hour work week that some guys are working and they just have to be there earlier. Or, you know, we were out late with kids doing this, that, or the other. It's like, that tends to be the biggest barrier we see. Um, I would also say there's probably a barrier for those who maybe aren't as connected to the church. There's like a um, maybe maybe like a fear or an unknown on how to get connected to guys who go deeper. Yeah. I think we've seen some of those guys come into our group and they just weren't quite sure how to get involved. And through invitation, just, just come. You don't have to go on Sunday. You don't have to, like, you can just come. And then to see the refreshment of like, oh, there's an invitation just to come be with some other guys. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting to watch that. Yeah. Chase, you're leading a small group right now of particularly young couples, young marrieds, uh, maybe singles, 
And I want to throw the question out to you. What things do you see bubbling up and what kinds of barriers to really leaning into deep, meaningful life in Christ are you, are you seeing happen? Yeah, I think it's a lot of the, the same things you guys mentioned, but the, the one thing that stands out to me that young adults and that like myself are searching for most is meaning. And we're at a unique stage in life where we've gone from the first 22 years of life where you're, you're looking forward to getting a job, to getting married, to having kids, to owning a home. And now we're there and we've gotten there and we realize those things are great, but just having those things doesn't automatically mean that my life is now fulfilling and purposeful and meaningful and complete. And those of us who are followers of Jesus know that we should have a fulfilling, meaningful life in Christ, and yet there's this disconnect sometimes on the day-to-day. And I think one of the things that feeds into that so strongly is this, this hustle culture, this striving culture that We've just been so conditioned to um, as Americans living in the 21st century. Uh, one of the, the terms I like is optimization culture. Mm-hmm. We're trying to optimize every area of our lives. So we want a new parenting strategy to improve our parenting. We want to cook better, healthier food. We want to be more productive at work. We want to have newer, nicer things. And our culture has trained us to optimize every area of our lives. And so when we're looking to optimize everything, we're not going to be content with anything. And if we're not content, then we're not going to experience deep, meaningful life in Christ. But as Christians, we have the answer for contentment and meaning. And I've recently started reading uh, Paul Tripp's book, Parenting, and he said something in the introduction specifically about parenting, but I think that applies to a lot of areas of life that really just jumped out to me. And he said that healthy Christian parents are free from asking family life to give them life because they have found life in Jesus and their hearts are at rest. And I think you can apply that statement to any area of life. Christians are free from work giving us life because we've found life in Jesus. We're free from uh, possessions from giving us life because we've found life in Jesus. And so I know for me personally, one of the biggest barriers to actually experiencing deep, meaningful life on an everyday basis is that I'm looking to work, parenting, exercising, eating, watching Netflix, those things for life instead of accessing it in Christ as he's given it to me. And so as I'm trying to optimize and make things better, I don't feel full of life and at rest when really I've been given everything I need in Christ to be full of life and at rest. Chase, as I'm listening to you, I, I'm I'm also trying to like diagnose or like or, or find the way out of that cycle. And yeah. and as I'm listening to you, I can so relate because I do the same thing. I'm optimizing everything in my life, and really, what that's boiling down to is that I'm asking questions of myself: What would give me more happiness? What would give me more meaning? What would give me more life? It ultimately boils down to a question that I'm asking myself, even if I don't realize I'm asking it. Mm-hmm. And you preached a message this Sunday that I think was just a really profound and and bold question to ask, which is, what do you believe about Jesus? And we went back into the book of Acts and, and just started exploring, you know, what these early followers of Christ had to stake a claim in the ground for and what they believed about Jesus. And I think that question is still the question that we have to ask. And so I almost wonder if the diagnosis is that we're just asking all the wrong questions all the time. Yeah. It actually makes me think about um, that, like we had this cultural narrative that says, 
you go to these schools. You When you graduate from high school, you go to college. While you're at college, you meet someone you want to marry. You get married. It's the, the list that you just that you went through, you know, you, you want to get married, you want to have kids, you want to buy a house, that this cultural narrative that actually doesn't carry much life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, but there's a spiritual narrative that is about all about abundant life and about redemption and about um, the kind of life that that's deep and meaningful. And so I think a lot of it just, just as a as a believer is, is growing in that, like, Hey, I want to give in to the spiritual narrative. That's the one I want to just let run run free in my life, instead of the cultural narrative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris, you and I have been reading and listening to some things on Sabbath recently, and something I heard a few weeks ago when I was listening to a, a podcast on Sabbath that really resonated with me was that as we practice Sabbath, we're practicing eternity with God, and we will work in heaven in eternity. So Sabbath isn't this this perfect picture of eternity. But the point of the podcast, uh, what they were saying was that Sabbath is an opportunity to, like you were saying, Audra, step out of the cultural narrative, to cease working, to cease Mm -hmm. buying, to cease optimizing, and simply to just delight in who God is and the things He's already given you instead of trying to add more to it. And so you you practice being perfectly at rest and full and, and full of life in God on Sabbath. And I uh, thought that was just a really a really profound picture of what Sabbath should be. Absolutely. And it reminds me of the claims of Christ, right? Which is Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? And so we, and you, you asked the question last Sunday, what is it that you believe about Jesus? Well, Scripture tells us who Jesus is. Uh, you, I think the three of us in this room have had personal, what we would call personal encounters with Jesus through the word and by the Holy Spirit, regenerating our hearts to understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the answer. Yet yet here we are still acknowledging that we're wrestling with this this thing that the culture feeds us, right, every single day. And so, uh, man, that's what this podcast is about, right? And so that's why we hit record button is to say, like, let's not forget the real question that we need to be asking ourselves, which is, what do we believe about Jesus and how are we living out our life? How are we waking up to what he says about himself? Um, and is there truly life like he proclaims? You know, yeah. do we believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, in the way I'm wired, I want you to give us three ways that we can wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ. I want the perfect reading plan to experience <laughs> deep, meaningful life in Christ. I want those things. But the reality is it, it, it doesn't exist. Yes. Waking up to deep, meaningful life in Christ is learning to walk with Jesus in the day-to-day. And there's not a three-step program to do that. Yeah, Audrey, would you have any advice for listeners who are just maybe like, man, I hear what you guys are saying, but like, what's one action step I could take today that would help me move toward... Yeah, I I think it's kind of seems like it's resonated as all of us have talked just this kind of overwhelmed by the busy, you know, and I would say, take a look at your schedule, you know, what what's one thing that you could maybe cut out or um, just be a little more mindful about. And in, instead of doing that thing, replace it with something that we could consider Sabbath rest, where it's not, maybe you're not taking a nap, but it is just a time where you can just be, you can experience the Lord, you could read, you could listen to music, whatever that is, but where you could start building that into your life a little more. I think when we start small with one thing, one time, 
it's become so meaningful that we want to make it a lot bigger and we want to do it a lot more. But I'd say, like, let's just, you know, I'd start with something small. Where's one place that you could just have some rest? Can I just throw take a nap on there? You said you don't <laughs> well, have sure. to take I a mean, nap. Well, sure. I mean, I'd love to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. Like, I've actually learned the art form of nap taking. And some of that happened during COVID. Uh, just we got the gift of being at home all the time. And I started taking naps. And it, I think it's changed my life. So, Well, I think it's cool because I know, like, I remember learning about, like, this. there's this idea in, like, ancient Hebrew, like, the way that they would see the work of God is that while you're asleep is when God does his work. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is Cause we're not messing everything up. Yeah. Right. It's transforming <laughs> yeah. for a Westerner in the, right. the America today. It's so. the ultimate acknowledgement that I cannot do enough things to be happy and to make the world a better place, but God can. And yeah. so I'll take a nap while he does it. Yeah, that's good. That's it. So wherever you are today, uh, our prayer for you is that you would wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ. And we hope this conversation helps spur you on to that. We hope that you continue listening. Um, And that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening to Wide Awake. Wide Awake is produced by Redemption Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If what we talked about today resonated, please subscribe to our podcast and share this episode with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or topics that you would like for us to cover, you can email us at wideawake at redemptionokc.com. Lastly, if you're looking for more ways to wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday worship gatherings. We gather each week at 1030 a.m. to grow as followers of Christ. You can also join us by watching online at redemptionokc.com. All are welcome. The only requirement is to come as you are. Until next time, may the light of Christ shine on you.